goodness! Justin Jefferson pulled it in! Looking for A.J. Brown. He's got it! Touchdown! In trouble, T.J. Watts. I am just, like, stoked about this Lions team. Debo Samuel! There he goes! Foot on the gas! All the way! Two MVP season. Not overreacting, but it might be happening. Caught in the end zone! Keenan Allen! There he gets him! It is Parsons! Back at the 21. I love the upside, the athleticism. Alright, what is going on everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to our conference championship reaction episode of the Triple Option Podcast. We now know who is going to be in the Super Bowl, it did not end up being the graphic conspiracy theory um, of having the Ravens and the Niners. Uh, what's going on, Tom? What's going on, Dom? How are we doing? What's up, guys? Our, our, so all we, three of our picks are alive. They are. Um, or our one I, pick is alive. Yeah, I mean, I guess going into the year, I did, I think I had the Eagles over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, so I was out on that, but you guys both predicted, or no, I think I'm, I'm dead on. Yeah, you got Niners Chiefs. That's 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 sick. Um, you, Dom, you had Bengals. I had Niners beating the Bengals. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then, did you guys see what Peter? Uh, I think Peter Schrager is like predicted each one over the last like five years, which is kind of crazy. Five in a row, and he nailed the matchup this year. So, which is sick because like it's like you know like the Chiefs, you have a good chance, but like accurately predicting when the Chiefs will win, pretty dope. Um. So yeah, basically we had the Chiefs play the Ravens. This game. Um, Chiefs get out to a, a good start, basically uh, get a touchdown on their first drive. It's a long drive. Ravens enter right back with a dope Lamar Jackson throw to the end zone. And then like the Chiefs scored, there was the Lamar fumble. Um, they went for it on fourth down. Chiefs didn't get it. And there was not a lot of scoring in the second half. And I think like a, a kind of a storyline of these two games were basically teams shooting themselves in the foot, specifically Zay Flowers towards the end of the game for the Ravens. Uh, like a sick fumble for the Chiefs. It couldn't happen in a worse spot for, for Zay Flowers. But yeah, the Chiefs ended up winning 17-10. It was a defensive game. Um, the Lamar Lamar is not beating the uh, playoff allegations here. Uh, Tom, what were your thoughts on this game specifically? Any takeaways and kind of what you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I think I, I want I want to see Lamar win this game. I want to see him the Super Bowl because it would kind of shut some people up about them saying he didn't deserve the MVP. Um, I do think the Chiefs. It, it it just shows it's it's you you can't ever pick against them no matter how bad they look. They're right back where they're supposed to be. I saw I sent you guys a tweet today. Mahomes is like fourteen and three with like thirty nine touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. I think like seven picks and like almost five thousand yards. Um, through the air in the playoffs in 17 games. That's an MVP season in the playoffs. That's insane. So when you have somebody like that, it doesn't matter who your wide receivers are. And Rasheed Rice, I don't care. He's very good. And he's, he's going to be a fine um, – he'll be a fine first option next year, like wide out-wise. Obviously, Kelsey's still the, still the first option. And he just miraculously becomes an all-pro again in the playoffs. So overall, just Andy Reid and Mahomes, one of the best to ever do both of their – um, respective pieces of work and Kelsey as well just doing Hall of Fame things and that's really all you can say about it yeah I mean Kelsey balled out in this game and it was weird that the Chiefs yeah if you like would have told me they weren't going to score at all in the second half I'd be like oh my god how much did they lose by 
Um, that was my same philosophy, though, last week when we were predicting this. I'm like, I went against Mahomes against the Bills. I'm not doing it again. Went it out. I'm taking Mahomes. And he's now going to his, what, third, fourth career Super Bowl. Um, and he started his career in 2018, which is just wild. Uh, Dom, what do you think about this game? Yeah, so you've already mentioned how there was basically no scoring in the second half. Um, you can blame me for that. After the Pacheco touchdown early in the second quarter, I tweeted out saying this game's going to be very high scoring. There were two field goals in the final two and a half quarters after that tweet. So, uh, hand up, that's on me. But, uh, I mean, like Tom mentioned it, Travis Kelsey somehow is just insane. I wish he put up this stat line the entire fantasy season because it would have just been great to have. And I still don't know how the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl. All season long, they just did not look great. They haven't had many weapons i mean besides kelsey and besides rice nobody um and i guess pacheco but no other actual receiver had more than two catches no receiver had um more than 40 receiving yards besides rice and kelsey like they just keep finding ways to win they didn't even run the ball efficiently pacheco only had 68 yards on 24 carries it was pretty low and somehow they just win the game like their defense Obviously, with Mahomes on offense, you always have to respect their offense, but I think now their defense might be the ones carrying them to the Super Bowl. I mean, holding the Ravens to 10 points and only one touchdown, which came on the second drive of the game, you can't you can't not be impressed with that. And the Ravens, for whatever reason, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, the Ravens just didn't run the ball at all, which I don't know. That's, that's not who they are. Like They're known as a running team, and they decided not to run this game, which was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know what Todd Munkin was doing because I feel like they had such a good uh, uh, running game the whole year and they like just spread it out and I don't know. They just went away to the running game and just having what, five total carry or six carries to your running backs is wild and you're giving it to Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. I mean like the Ravens obviously had multiple injuries at the running back position this year, but it's just not a recipe for success against this Chiefs team at all. Yeah, where, yeah. Was, where was Dalvin Cook this game? Come on. <clears throat> right? <laughs> Why didn't throw him out there? Fresh legs. But it's kind of crazy to see how good the run game was unstoppable against Houston. They just completely abandoned it. And the Chiefs, I think they have like a bottom five rush defense. Like, how do you just, and they run the ball 11, not counting Lamar, eight times. Like Matt, like Matt just said, it's nuts. And, oh no, no, Zay Flowers had two carries. Yeah, he had two carries in there. Six so times. So just for running backs, it was six times. Yeah, which just makes no sense. Um, Lamar's, was it behind the line of scrimmage where it got hit in the air? Was it that counted as a catch or a, a run play? Uh, it was a catch. He had 13 was, receiving yards. Oh, yeah. No, I'm seeing right now. <laughs> that is just crazy. That was one of the dopest plays uh, that we've seen. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just pretty much Chiefs back in the Super Bowl. Now we're seeing them uh, in the rematch from the 2019 season Super Bowl where they ended up beating the Niners. Um, and they've already beaten the uh, Eagles, and they lost to the Bucks as well. So, uh, yeah, this was an interesting game. I feel like the Ravens are still going to be kind of back in this conversation next year, at least with Lamar Jackson. You assume Zay Flowers is going to get it better. I wonder if, like, Odell will be back. Um, they're going to have, like, likely in. So I know. He's, I he's mean, so like, yeah, washed. he's not much of a wide receiver, too. We saw just, like, it wasn't him. It wasn't Bateman. I guess it's, like, Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews. I mean, they can run some creative sets out of that. And their defense is still very good as well. We'll see if they lose Mike McDonald. If they're able to keep him and he doesn't get a head coaching job, that might be, like, the biggest win of the offseason for them. But yeah. um, we'll see. And yeah. also, briefly, what you mentioned how good the defense is, Kyle Hamilton is approaching top 10 defensive player in the NFL. Like, he is, he's, like, it's his second year now. I think after year three, he's going to be firmly in, like, that. He won his, he got his first All-Pro this year. 
and I am ecstatic to see what he's going to uh, do next year. I wanted the Giants to draft him really bad, but I guess with pick five and seven, uh, I guess edge and tackle was the right pick at the time before, you know, Evan Neal. Yeah, and just looking ahead to the Ravens for next season, I mean, Matt Matt already mentioned it. Odell's a free agent. Nelson Aguilar's a free agent. That really just leaves them with Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman on the outside. At running back, Gus Edwards is a free agent. J.K. Dobbins is a free agent. Who knows what's going on with all his injuries? Um, so that leaves them with Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell, who was pretty good, but again, got injured. So their offensive weapons could look significantly different next year. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to pay Patrick Queen a ton of money, it looks like, as well. But, yeah, like Kyle Hamilton, man, it's funny because I feel like just, like, as, like, a casual kind of draft follower, like, in 2022 as well, like, just seeing, like, Kyle Hamilton when everybody's, like, raving about this guy as a top player in the class, his highlight tape was unreal, and he still kind of fell outside, what, the top 10. And they ended up with Winterbaum, and they ended up with with um, Hamilton in that draft, which is insane because you're getting, like, two defensive studs on – or two studs in the first round on their rookie contracts. But I, I feel like they'll be back next year – um, you have a good quarterback, and they definitely, I still think, need to add another receiver. Uh, we'll see if they end up drafting one as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. So um, we got the Lions losing to the Niners. They were up twenty-four to seven at halftime. I've never seen a team. I mean, I probably have shoot themselves in the foot more than Detroit did in the second half. Between drops, fumbles, uh, missed fourth down conversions. It was honestly like they were trying to lose. It made me think that this game was rigged and the refs or just like the whole just team and the whole NFL wanted the Niners to win because, but like, I don't know, man, Josh Reynolds dropped too many passes. The Gibbs fumble, not going for, or going for it on fourth down multiple times and not getting it. This was brutal. Um, Dom, I know you're big on the Niners here. You have a Super Bowl future. You're probably thrilled to watch this unfold. But yeah, this like thoughts about this game. Where were your what was your mindset at like halftime? Were you like it's done, they're dead, or were you so confident they could come back at the end? First half, it was over. This Niners team should have packed their bags at halftime because the Lions were going to run away with it. I I don't understand how the Lions had this big of a meltdown. It's honestly one of the biggest meltdowns we've seen in a long, long time. Um, Dan Campbell, I'll give him credit for kicking the field goal at the end of the first half because mm-hmm, you got the points there. If you don't score the touchdown on the fourth down, it doesn't matter. The Niners just knee it out. So you essentially lose some purpose of going for it on fourth down. So I was fine with that field goal. But the other two times he went for it late in the game when a field goal would have put them up by three scores and then a field goal later on would have helped them take the lead. I don't understand. I know his whole thing is always go for it, be consistent, but... When you're in the NFC Championship game with roughly 20 minutes to go and a field goal can put you up by three scores, I think you have to do that 10 out of 10 times. And him going for it, I think, cost him this game. And people are going to say, obviously, that if they didn't go for it all throughout the season, they probably don't get to this point. But you have to be able to adapt to the game script and adapt to the situation. And I just don't think they did it at all in this game. I... I kind of agree with you, except to the point. Remember when the this is a extremely like just hand picked um, example, but the 2019 game when the Chiefs played the Texans, the Texans were up 21 nothing, and it was like fourth and I don't I want to say fourth and manageable, and they were on the, the deep into the Chiefs side of the field. They hit the field goal to go up 24 nothing, 
And I don't know, the people I was sitting with on the couch at that time, they said, that's it, the Chiefs are winning. The, the, the Texans had, they should have just taken, the, they should have just gone for it. This is the kind of thing where against the, the Chiefs, you don't take the points. I guess, I, I do agree to a point. I, I'm very supportive of always going for it. And I, even though I think Dan Campbell goes for it in stupid situations, uh... I, I don't I don't hate the fact that he that he did it here because if you if you really want to put the Donners in their heels, go up. Um, would have been would have been. I'm sorry, the score at the time was it was it they were up by scores. They were up by 14 on the first fourth down. Going up by three touchdowns would have been huge. Uh, I guess 17 is still three touch three scores, but I don't know. I I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I agree with the first one as well. I think he like definitely should have went for, or definitely should have taken the points um, to go up by three scores. But I don't know. Towards the end of the game, you just knew like all the momentum was on the Niners' side. Like, why don't you just take your points? You're still probably like you're going up against the better team. I feel like you got to take what you can get, um, and it wasn't working for them. Now, like on the the Brandon IU catch, um, where I actually like I see the flag like as it's being thrown, so I kind of look down for a second, and then obviously he catches it off the defender's helmet, which was just kind of insane. Was this like a like a ref play here that like if the ball was gonna be incomplete, it was gonna be pass interference. But since he caught it, that's why they picked it up. Like, was there a reasoning for them picking it up? I mean, I don't. I'm because going I feel like to... it was just like a makeup call that they picked it up. It's kind of similar. I'll make an NBA comparison here, but like refs will yep. sometimes. I, I it seems say. like they... yeah, like they'll wait to see if the shot goes in if they're gonna call. That's a meme my head. It's one. so frustrating. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I understand that logic, and I hope that's not what happens. It seems like that is what happens sometimes. I mean, we didn't even mention it in the Chiefs-Ravens game, but when Lamar threw that interception in the end zone in triple coverage, likely was getting shoved like crazy, and there was no yeah, flag. Yeah. There like, was no like, contact was, there. And even um, Gene Steratore came over, and he was like, oh, yeah, the, the contact was after the pass, and everybody could see that there was clearly contact. But with the, the Ayuk, they throw the flag and then picked it up, like you said, if he doesn't catch that, maybe it does stand. But it's one of those things where you you have to hope that that's not in the back of the ref's mind because it shouldn't yeah. be. Maybe it was – I think it was in the Bills-Steelers game where this happened. Um, but maybe they would have called like a uh, defensive holding instead of a pass interference and they would have ended up not awarding them like the whole field. But it's honestly tough to do that there as well. I don't know. That's what I was like, why did they pick it up? Are they only picking it up because he caught it? I guess it really wouldn't have made a difference if they called the penalty or not because they would have just declined it. But I don't know. Yeah, that in that instance, it wouldn't have made a difference because either the ball's at yeah. the two or the spot foul probably say would have been the three. It doesn't make too much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was honestly, I was kind of surprised because I think like we all saw like Mark Andrews kind of struggle coming back from injury in this game against the Chiefs. Um, but Debo Samuel had a really good game against the Lions when he was playing through injuries. Obviously, you just caught like that really uh, long pass. It was like 51 yards. Kittle was pretty quiet. Um, McCaffrey did what he did on the ground. He had 20 for 90 and two touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell found the end zone. Brock Purdy honestly had some runs as well. What do you guys Very think about Brock Purdy? Yeah, what would you guys think about Brock Purdy overall? Did he play a good game enough where you're like, okay, did he get carried? Did he get bailed out? Did he play all right? What were your guys' thoughts on on Purdy in this one? I'll let Tom go first. I was going to say I'll let Tom go first. All right, fine, I'll go first. I mean, Brock Purdy played a perfect game. And when you think of the fact that they were down 24-7 and he was able to lead a comeback, he was able to – Matt, you mentioned He ran for 48 yards. That's not – that's not game manager. That's going out there, winning the game, doing what you have to do to win the game. And people will probably, um, obviously, he's 
the worst quarterback in the Super Bowl this year because it's him versus Mahomes. So I feel like that narrative will keep going strong. They're not going to flip their opinion on Purdy at any point in the next two weeks. But he went out there and he led a ridiculous comeback for the 49ers. He made plays when he had to. And I, I think, obviously, the stats aren't amazing. Only had one touchdown. But he did everything he needed to do to allow the 49ers to come back and win this game. Yeah, I agree. It, when, you, when you're down... When you're down uh, 24 to 7 at halftime in a playoff game, you come back and you win that game, and they won it comfortably. That Lions garbage time touchdown was with like 14 seconds left, I think. Um, they were up by 10 with uh, pretty much the end of the game, and it was it was it, it was it was a nice performance for Mr. Relvin here. I'll give I'll give him the props, and he officially has the stamp of I guess and win the big game when he's down that much in, in conversation. All of America is watching. Yeah, it, it would be sick if they ended up winning the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy wins it as Mr. Irrelevant. I'm sure we'll hear like... Oh, that'll be um, quite the narrative. Yeah, I know. I'm sure we'll hear a ton of that. But I feel like um, for Purdy, he played a good enough game. Like Dom said, he did what he needed to do. Um, he didn't make too many bad passes. I mean, there was definitely some in there, but yeah, he had one interception um, and he was able to scramble. He was able to find what he needed to. And the, the Lions defense, honestly, well, in the first half, it played a lot better than I thought they would. Um, I mean, in the second half, it was just kind of constant momentum for San Fran, and then Purdy made nice passes. He found Ayuk in the end zone on kind of that slam play, and he got them down the field. So, yeah, not not a great, I guess, weekend if you're a Purdy hater, and I feel like there's a lot of them out there. And speaking of the and, and speaking of the Lions defense, uh, where does C.J. Garner Johnson go from here? Because he was he was waving goodbye to the crowd in the second quarter. He I don't was know talking, why people do that. He was talking so much smack to Debo leading up to it. And then he just just disappeared in this game. Like, I don't know how he comes back from this. Like, you're just going to look like a fool if you do that at halftime. Just wait till the game's over. Wasn't that when, didn't Sherman do something like that in the Super Bowl against the, the Pats? Am I thinking I, of that correctly? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know he did, he did that while like losing. Fingers. That's kind of nuts. But while you, you brought up Richard Sherman, though, um, go back 10 years to 2014. Richard Sherman is on the sideline cheering on the 49ers in an NFC Championship game. Could you imagine comprehending that 10 years ago when he's leading the Legion of Boom? That he's now cheering for the division rival? He was nice. Was he, was he an All-Pro that year? When? when On the Niners? Yeah, I think he was. I don't remember, but it's just the turnaround. Going from Seattle to San Fran is just one of those things that sticks out, and it's just very... Yeah, he was uh, very an All-Pro. He was, he was. Yeah, 2019, he, has, uh, he was an All-Pro. Yeah, second team. I forgot he was on that Super Bowl team when they were when they were there in 2019. Um, I forgot he had his career too. in Tampa yeah. as well. Well, that yeah, was a Buck chase here. It's a buck. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so so the Niners win 34-31. We have a rematch of the 2019 Super Bowl, um, and we'll see we'll see kind of who we're going to be predicting to win that one. Um, we'll, we'll definitely do like obviously our preview. Probably we'll come next week closer to the actual game. Um, maybe we'll do some like props, like figuring that out as well. Like what props we like, because there's probably going to be so many things we could talk about um, for that game specifically. As for Detroit, uh, we were texting about this a little bit before, like where they're going to go from here. I actually think there's a chance they could have like a little bit of a hangover next year, especially I feel like inevitably when they lose Ben Johnson and he's going to get a head coaching job and we'll see who replaces him. But they're going to have to probably work out an extension with Goff. Um, they're going to have to work out an extension with Amon Ra eventually. Uh, he'll be a free agent in 2025. I mean, they can wait on that, but you'd probably rather get that done sooner than later. They, But honestly, like what's working out for Detroit is they drafted so well. 
with Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, um, Panay Sewell's do it for an extension, but like Kirby Joseph as well. Um, they've drafted very well. Aiden Hutchinson, yeah, and um, Brian Branch. So like, I don't know. I, I feel like Detroit has the talent to be back next year, but I, I feel like they could see a little bit of a hangover, especially if they have to cut ties with some guys that they don't really want to. I don't know what your guys' and, thoughts on that. Yeah, and just looking ahead to next year, um, not really a surprise, but the Lions currently have the second-best Super Bowl odds of NFC teams. They're fifth overall at plus 1,200. I personally think that's going to be the most, most bet team to win the Super Bowl next year. I think people are going to think the Lions finally won the playoff game which was killing them for 30 plus years they had some momentum going i think people are going to fall in love with them because they're not going to want to see the 49ers and chiefs again and i can see the lions being the most bet team and like you said if if it doesn't go their way maybe they even struggle more because they will be playing a much tougher schedule next year but Mm -hmm. if they can keep their core together i think they could still be fine i think they could be fine i think obviously the roster like is constructed very differently in terms of like where the guys are in their careers, but the 2020 Bills kind of give me a good uh, compare. Like a, they remind me a lot of this Lions team how they make that conference championship and they lose to a obviously better team like the Chiefs in 2020 and the Niners now. Like on paper, they were the better team and the favorite all along. And then Josh Allen then becomes the most bet person for MVP. Bills, I think the Bills were probably the most bet team to win the Super Bowl the next I think year. They were yeah, I think so they were. it's it's kind of like that and like. It's almost a point where you don't want to be that team because Vegas knows, and <laughs> that's not that's not a number you want that you want to hang it over your head all year. That you're that you are the team that would make Vegas the most money if you lost. If you guys had to like take a bet right now, who do you think gets more wins next year, Detroit or Philadelphia? I see their schedules. What, what divisions do they play? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Philly just based off the fact that they'll be playing the second place teams, and they I think their division. I know they play the uh, they play the AFC North. I know the NFC Eagles East do? well. Yeah, the NFC East plays the AFC North. I'm not sure who their second one is. That's tough. That's, yeah, that's not great. But they do play <laughs> Washington twice and the Giants twice. Both teams hey. we assume are. I mean, if they're rebuilding, I mean, what are we? Who are we run? Who, who are we rolling out there next year? at Quarterback. I mean, <laughs> looks like. I'm, oh, I'm looking at the line next. schedule now. They get the the AFC South, pretty solid. Okay. Yeah, it could be and worse. And the. Looks like the NFC West. It's tough. I want to say. A, yeah, tough yeah, division. NFC West. Yeah, it's four. I mean, though, teams right there. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> and who's in division? And the Eagles play the AFC North and who? AFC uh, South, and, and NFC South. That's right. that's good for the Eagles. Yeah. Would you guys? I know they're playing a first place schedule. What about the Cowboys? Cowboys or Lions next year? Most more regular season wins. Looks like the cow. Looks like the Cowboys are. Um, so the Eagles would get the Jaguars. The Cowboys would get the Texans, and the Eagles get the Packers. So the Cowboys get the Lions. Right. Oh, that'll be yeah. That'll be fun. I think They're those are two gonna... significantly harder games. The Texans and the and the Lions. Uh, well, I don't know. It's significantly harder, but I mean, well, you know, the the, the Cowboys could definitely couldn't handle the Packers. So. I mean, if the Cowboys can just go eight and zero in the regular season at home, but that's eight wins right there. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the Lions, the Lions will probably still win ten or eleven games. Maybe, I mean, maybe if the Bears put it all together and Caleb Williams or Justin Fields really t- takes them to the next level, if the Packers keep improving, if the Vikings, uh, I don't know what they're really gonna do. They could go all in it or they could rebuild. Depends there, but it's it's a tough division. I definitely think it's probably one of the tougher ones going into next season. 
Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting. And like, it's like you could probably get plus money for them not to make the playoffs, but it's just so hard for that to happen since there are seven teams now make the playoffs. So they would really have to take a step back and regress next year to not make it. Um, I guess like we we don't have maybe too much news surrounding the NFL outside of these games. I mean, uh, Raheem Morris ended up being the Falcons head coach. A little bit of a, a shocker there. Um, Belichick is still on the market. Vrabel's still on the market, and we still have the Commanders, the Seahawks. And who's the final team? I'm assuming that's or it's just those, those two. two. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because and the I think, is... and from what I've heard, I'm pretty sure they've been just waiting for playoff teams. Like I think Seattle's trying to get um, McDonald from the Ravens, and the Commanders are trying to get Ben Johnson, and they obviously couldn't sign them while they were still playing. So I think we'll probably see something come of that pretty quick. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting. Wow, I feel like Belichick is not going to be a coach. Maybe he'll end up being one next year. I don't. I wonder if he'll take a year off. I mean, he's what seventy-two. Like, it's not like it's not like he's you know he might just want to retire. He's he might want to enjoy like the rest of his the rest of his life instead of being stressed all the time worrying about winning football games. I think he wants to though. That is his life. Yeah. Because he, right. like, at least interviewed with the Falcons. But, yeah, like, once they said, like, there's a second interview, it's like, well, you're second interviewing with, like, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Maybe there's something off there. Um, I feel like Ben Johnson is a lock to get one of them. And, yeah, maybe it's McDonald is the other. Like, Johnson's a commander's coach and, and McDonald's a Seahawks coach. Then Vrabel takes a year off. And, I mean, there could be also enticing jobs next year. Maybe it's a Dallas job. Maybe it's a Philly job. Maybe it's a Buffalo mm-hmm. job. That so. Bears job is yeah, that Bears job available as well. next year. If they, don't, exactly. if they don't make the playoffs next year, you have to assume Eberflus is fired. Unless and you fire polls um, too, maybe not. Well, it, de- it depends, but I feel like if they feel like- they don't want Caleb Williams getting two head coaches in two years, that's something to consider. I don't know. It's 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 a weird situation there, depending yeah. on what happens. I would just fire like- now. G- yeah, I know, right? I feel like GMs do have a little bit more of a leeway um, than than coaches do. It just seems like kind of a recent trend, unless you completely drop the ball. And I I, I forget. I think polls is like the youngest GM or up there. He's like in his mid thirties, yeah, which is like young. crazy. Um, so maybe they knew this was like a longer play and they like obviously wanted to hire him while he was pretty like inexperienced compared to some other candidates. So um, we'll see uh, who the Seahawks and the Falcons end up getting. I'm sure that's going to be um, maybe McDonald will and well, I guess him and Johnson are both out of the playoffs. So that could all wrap up uh, this week or something like that. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys in our Super Bowl uh, prediction that will probably come out next week so like the next video this week I think we're going to start our mock off seasons maybe we'll start with the Bears maybe we'll start with the Panthers one of those teams um, obviously the Panthers will be a little bit more challenging since they don't have their number one draft pick um, so we will see you guys there hope you guys did enjoy um, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you're listening we'd appreciate a rating and review over there as well um, and if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube I would appreciate a thumbs up and subscribe if you're not already and we will catch you guys in the next one peace